Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Genesis of Startups, where we interview brilliant minds in entrepreneurship to explore what it's really like to start a business. Today, it is an honor to have Laura Appleby Jones, an experienced human behavioralist and consultant with 16 years of experience studying human behavior and advising companies, large and small, across a wide range of industries. Laura has quite the arsenal in her tool belt holding a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in coaching psychology, and is the co-founder and partner of her own management consulting practice, Fifth Frame, specializing among others in leadership, culture and values assessment, and organizational behavioral change. So good to have you on, Laura. Thanks for inviting me, William. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned in the opening, I studied psychology for my undergraduate degree, and I wasn't really sure where that degree was going to take me. I assumed I'd follow a little bit more of a clinical path while I was studying, but I ended up applying for a graduate role at a big four accounting firm, and this, so I ended up heading into the world of management consulting. I spent about 13 or so years in that, that large organization working in their performance improvement consulting practice which was really great because it gave me an opportunity to, you know, to be exposed to a variety of different industries and client problems and gave me the opportunity to see businesses from heaps of different perspectives. And I ended up working my way through a couple of different teams and found my way into the people and organization consulting team where I was able to really put my psychology to good use and use that in the context of business. So it was great. Tell me a bit about a Fifth Frame and why you started We launched Fifth Frame back in 2018, and the business itself is a boutique management consulting business that's focused on human capital consulting. AIM is to provide an alternative high-quality solution to the big four, where we are really focused on providing that same level of expertise and quality that you get from a large consulting firm, but with the care and kind of relaxed professionalism that you get from the human approach that comes from a smaller boutique. So we would, we're quite a senior team. We've got a team that is psychologists, behavioral economists, those that are really focused on studying human behavior. And we work with our clients to help them look at their organizational strategy, look at their purpose and culture and how they bring that to life and create that, you know, make the most of their best asset, which is their people. So what attracted you most to studying human behavior, Laura? Yeah, so I started studying human behavior in year 11 and 12. I was actually really fortunate to study psychology at school. For me, humans are so complex and I've really always had an interest in exploring human behavior. I found it fascinating how our behavior and mood can really be influenced by so many different things. The situation we're in, past experience, personal values and motivations, the weather, even our diet influences it. So you can imagine with that sort of interest, I was really drawn to working in human capital consulting. It plays to my curiosity to understand human behavior at work and allows me to help clients by designing interventions or solutions to help them achieve their organizational goals. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I know through Fifth Frame, you help companies essentially see their people as a competitive advantage. Why are people being treated as an afterthought in the first place? Yeah, look, that's a really interesting question. And I think the answer varies from company to company. Organizations are essentially groups of people who are structured to work together to achieve that common objective. They exist in many cases because people working together can achieve more than anyone working alone. So I think people emerge as an afterthought when organizational leaders focus more on what it is they're delivering, the service or the product for their customer, or how the work is being distributed into tasks and focus less on how their people are actually working together. I'm sure mm. you've you've heard the the well known saying that what gets measured gets done. 
So, you know, if key performance indicators and targets are all focused on delivering outcomes and not on the experience of employees, then they will become a bit of an afterthought. I see. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's essentially organizations anchor KPIs on the specific tasks itself rather than how people are feeling. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. And I think one other thing I'd add is that you know, management and economic theories often assume that humans are rational, but we're actually partly rational, partly emotional, and really highly social beings. Social interaction and social learning is really part of our DNA. You can't ignore the complexity of the human mind and behaviours when you're designing your know, businesses. You really need to look at that and work on the human system as well to you know, to make sure that you are not creating a situation where your people are an afterthought for you. Yeah, absolutely. What does that look like as an example where an organization has taken into consideration the complexities of human behavior and integrated it into their business solutions? Change management is probably the one that springs to mind first and foremost. Change management, you know, people often assume that by taking a rational approach and focusing more on communicating and you know, just really articulating the operational change through emails or through communications, that that's going to be enough to actually bring about behavior change. But because, as I mentioned before, humans are really guided by social influences, by their own personal emotional drivers, if change management is going to be successful, you need to do more than just communicate the change. You need to look at how all the other systems and symbols that they're exposed to within their workplace, how that reinforces the adoption of the new behavior that you're you're asking of them. You also need to look at how leaders, you know, be at more senior levels and also across the organization, how they're role modeling that new expected behavior or that change, because that then acts as that social reinforcer of the rational communication change. So yeah, change management really, you need to help people understand why they need to change so they can buy into that emotional component and understand the rationale behind change, what it means for them. And with you know, with understanding that why, they're able to internalize that motivation and you're more likely to see a sustained behavior change. So, you know, traditional change management approaches suffer because they take that rational communication only focus, whereas you really need to look at the social and emotional components as well, looking at how people can role model and use social learning to reinforce behavior change and communicating the why and helping people understand the why to tap into that emotional component. Yeah, definitely. And intuitively, I get your point. It's when an organization has implemented a change and how do we best get everyone on board? Well, you have role models to show what that looks like in practice and you communicate the rationale behind the change so that people understand the why. And so that allows them to you know, get on board easier. Yeah, exactly. Really understanding that why helps them internalize that motivation, as I said before. I know through Fifth Frame, you have pioneered a strategy called the five frames. And the first of these was to begin with a clear purpose and strong values. Why do you recommend to start with this? Well, I think purpose is you know, so important to your organization to give you that North Star. I might take a step back and kind of take you through the five frames first, just to give it a bit of context. And then we might I might give you a few definitions just to think about what is purpose and what is values. And then we can kind of explore the why behind that. So First of all, the, the five frames that we see are the, the human value chain of an organization, starting with purpose, vision, and values. The second one is strategy. Your third lens of an organization is looking at your culture, followed by the fourth frame, which is alignment, and how do you get all of your organization aligned around your strategy, your purpose, and your culture. And lastly, execution. How do you set up your organization to deliver all of that? So purpose is the first frame, as you mentioned, 
And it's really, your purpose really articulates why you exist as an organization. What's your unique contribution to your customers, to your society? Without a clear organizational purpose, it's impossible to make decisions on what to do or how to do it. And for, for us, purpose is really the bedrock of any successful organization, a sense of knowing why you exist and what sort of organization you aspire to be. So that's why it's important to start with that really clear, strong bedrock as of a really clear purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Having a North Star is always important when, you know, say, for example, there's a fork in the road and one choice leads to this and one choice leads to that. Having a clear purpose and values allows all employees and everyone in the organizations to consistently refer back to that to help inform them to make decisions. Exactly. So going from there, your strategy articulates what you're going to do to deliver on this purpose. Your strategy is that really simple plan that's designed to play to your strengths and also shapes to respond to the situation that you're facing in the external market. So through having a really clear North Star that your organisation and your employees can anchor around, then you can then make sure that that, your strategy is designed to deliver on that purpose. So what's the ROI of beginning with the clear purpose and values, Laura? There's actually a fair bit of global research that's out there and some that was conducted by Harvard Business Review a couple of years ago that shows that purpose really matters when it comes to business performance. So companies that have a clearly articulated purpose statement, their research shows that they enjoy higher growth rates and higher levels of success in their organizational transformation. So from a returning on business outcomes, it, it has some benefits, but it also matters when it comes to employees. The sense of being part of something greater than yourself can be really powerful and it can lead to higher levels of engagement, higher levels of creativity and the willingness to work across team. So purpose-driven organizations tend to have more engaged employees, more loyal customers and have better, better chance at innovation and transformational change. So there is a really clear return on investment that's coming through in the research that's done across organizations around being purpose-driven. What are some simple steps that companies can begin when they haven't got a clear purpose and values to begin with? So we work a lot with clients to help them define and also refine their organizational purpose and values. And for us, it really has to be a collaborative process if you want the end result to resonate with your team. So how this would work in practice is you're getting a group, a small group together, depending on the size of the organization, and working through a series of questions. That group can be a group of co-founders, it can be a cross-section across a larger organisation or it can be an executive leadership team. And we really want to work with them to define a collective answer to a set of questions. So the question might be what inspires them or motivates them to come to work, what's the role that their organisation might play, who is it important for and what do those stakeholders expect from them? So really asking these questions of themselves and working with the answers to come up with that collective view. One of the things that we enjoy playing with uh, is we love working with startups because it's really exciting to start with a blank sheet of paper when it comes to defining purpose and organisational values. But we also really enjoy working with organisations that have rich histories and strong legacy that you can draw back through um, and anchor back your purpose statements and and your employee engagement back to those rich histories. Yeah, absolutely. To circle back to what you said about making it a collaborative process, how do we ensure that everyone has an equal say? So, for example, upper management and middle management, they might have differing levels of influence on how the organization shapes its purpose and values, or maybe even between different co-founders of a startup. 
Yeah, so it is really important to make sure that you are looking at a representative sample to participate in this process. Organisations are very diverse and you want to make sure that you're tapping on the shoulder of people that can represent those different perspectives as part of that conversation as you're defining purpose and values. There's a lot of different collaboration techniques you can use uh, to capture broader consultation you know, with a wider group of people. So things like surveys, focus groups, facilitated virtual conversations over tools like Yammer are things that we've used in the past. But um, even simple things like putting some draft purpose statements or value statements on a wall in a tea room and allowing people to come and give some feedback on them really gives employees a voice. One other thing I'd add there is that leadership is so critical when it comes to shaping organisational purpose and values. It's really important to get the voice of all employees, but the shadow that leadership casts can shape up to 80% of an organisation's culture. So making sure that your leaders are really highly engaged in the process of defining purpose and values and making sure that the behaviours that sit underneath those values are lived and breathed and demonstrated by those leaders is really important to having an impactful purpose statement and values as an end result. Hmm, I see. So having representatives ensures that all levels in an organisation or a startup has a voice, but it's really important and critical that leaders especially display like behaviours that are consistent with what sort of organisational culture you're, you're wanting to develop. Yeah, definitely. Like setting that tone from the top and you know, leading by example is really important for consistency. Why do organisations often overlook their purpose and values? Look, interesting question. Having an organisational purpose has been a trend that's come and gone and come back again over the past 20 years of business or so. Previously, organisations were talking about creating purpose statements to demonstrate social corporate responsibility and their their objectives in that space. But when they were defined in the past, there was rarely an expectation of a new set of behaviours or a change in behaviour that would come from defining a new organisational purpose and defining values and behaviours that support that. So I think eventually they ended up becoming laminated posters on walls and lost their meaning as a tool to help shape organisational culture. I think part of that was also that they were overlooked in the annual and monthly cycles of business execution, so they just no longer became relevant to organisations day to day, so therefore the purpose and values you know, became a less meaningful shaper of their organisation. Yeah, it was just something more for show. Yeah, exactly. You know, laminated posters on the walls, not actually shaping organisational behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. You briefly touched upon it before about organisations not updating their purpose and values. If the organisation has moved on, how do we know whether the organisation has simply moved on or they're behaving inconsistent with the values that they've set? I'll tackle kind of both parts to that because there are two parts in there. The What about purpose and then have we shifted around inconsistent behaviours and, and values? So when it comes to purpose, your purpose really gives you your North Star as an organisation. It helps you shape the direction you want to go and helps you guide decision-making, or it should do. So purpose is not just important starting out in a business. It should be your North Star through everything. At the moment, uh, if we think about the current environment where the world's been turned on its head um, and many businesses have been disrupted by coronavirus, through this period, organisational purpose and values should really be guiding how you navigate your response, your customer relationships and how you support your team. It should help you shape how you bounce back from this process as well, how well articulated your purpose is and how well aligned your strategy and leaders are around that uh, will really give you a boost when it comes to responding uh, post this period disruption. 
So purpose in summary really shouldn't be something that you set and forget on founding. It should be revisited monthly and annually in business planning cycles and really influence and shape day-to-day decision-making and strategy. So to do that, leadership teams should be asking themselves, are we still delivering on our purpose? Have expectations of us changed? Has our external context shifted? And therefore, what does this mean for our purpose? And do we actually need to rethink our purpose as an organization? When we talk about values, on the other hand, values guide behavior and they guide the behavior you'd like to see in your organization. But behavior is also influenced by other things like policy, systems, observing the way others behave. So if you're observing employees behave in ways that are inconsistent with your values and you believe that they're still the right values to help your organization succeed, then you might need to look at whether your systems and processes are actually reinforcing the behaviours you want or, an un- or are unintentionally reinforcing a different set of behaviours. An example of this is if your values talk about putting customer first, but your leaders are always focusing on revenue and profit and not customer experience, then you need to look at inconsistencies and address these. So really, you know, how often should organisations be looking back at their purpose and values? They should be looking at them regularly to make sure that they are forming part of decision-making and they're influencing the the direction of the organization. But they also need to look at them to make sure that they're still responding to the external environment if the external environment's changing and that they are delivering the organizational outcomes that you want. So both purpose and value should be relatively enduring in organizations and and stay the course. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's kind of taking an external and an internal review periodically. Externally, we look at whether the context has changed and internally, we take an objective view and see whether the behaviors that are being displayed, is that consistent with what we want to see? Exactly. So in that case, how can organizations ensure effective communication of their purpose and values throughout the whole organization? Yeah, as, as I mentioned before, you know, consistency is important. The human brain is wired to detect errors or points of tension. It's a survival mechanism that we have. So people are always going to be watching out for inconsistencies and questioning them. So to effectively communicate purpose and values, it really comes down to making sure that there's consistency between what your behaviors, your, sorry, what your values articulate and what the organization and people are seeing with people within your organization are seeing day to day in leadership behavior, in the systems and processes they interact with, and the communications that they receive. If there's a disconnect or mixed messaging, you know, messaging asking you to focus on one thing when your values actually tell you another, then you're really undermining the role that values play in your organization. So to make sure that it's co- effectively communicated, consistency is really critical. Consistency of Mm. symbols, systems, role modeling, and just making sure that you're clear on what behaviors are being reinforced through, through the messages you're sending into your businesses. In terms of a value statement, what if two employees understand that particular value differently? How can we ensure consistency if it's a subjective understanding? Values are only effective when they have clear definitions of behaviors that sit underneath them. So there's no point saying we're customer focused if you don't give examples of what it actually means to be customer focused in a couple of clear behavioral descriptors. So two or three points per value just to be clear on what what this actually looks like in practice as a behavior. Mm, I see. So these examples help guide employees. Yeah. So what's what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing to do? So what are some common pitfalls that companies make when developing their purpose and values? Oh, look, there are a range of pitfalls that we see uh, and each have a different scale of impact on the organization. 
a couple off the top of my head. The first would be actually selecting the wrong values in the first place. So you're really focusing on the wrong things as an organization right from the start, the wrong, you know, the wrong way to behave. So you can imagine that emphasizing the wrong values and behaviors and the way you're engaging with your customers and people, you can imagine that would have a, quite a high impact on the organization, particularly a startup. Uh, another pitfall is failing to engage employees in the design of purpose and values, which we've spoken a little bit, a little bit about. The pitfall there is if you don't engage them, as I mentioned before, then the values and behaviors and the purpose statements that come out of that process really don't reflect the individual drivers and their experience, the individual's experience within the organization. So it won't necessarily resonate with them and won't help guide their behavior day to day. A couple of other failures or pitfalls. One is around execution. So your values and purpose say one thing, but day-to-day behaviors and systems and processes reinforce another. It's a really common one we see. And lastly, actually investing too much energy in wordsmithing the perfect statement and spending less time focusing on actually getting the essence of the purpose and values that make your organization unique right. For us, that's really where the benefit is. You're making sure that you're investing your energy in the right place, the right phase of that process, and you're spending more time capturing what's unique to you and how your customers and people want to, how you want them to experience interacting with you not just coming up with the pithy statements or great icons that kind of represent your purpose and values. You really want to make sure you don't replicate other organizations. It's great to get inspiration from others, but and there are some really common values out there that so many organizations share that means you, they won't capture your own unique essence, particularly of a startup as you're trying to build it. So you want to make sure that you capture what's actually your story and your own personality and don't try and replicate another organization. Yeah, absolutely. To go back to personality, suppose that a startup has different co-founders and what they believe should be the purpose and values are different. How can that sort of conflict be resolved? It's really important. It's a really important part of founding a business to make sure that you're on the same page with your co-founders around something as critical as purpose. So you really need to invest the time up front to make sure that your either personal values are aligned and that the direction you want to go in is is on the same page so you can get to that collective sense of purpose together. Our purpose at Fifth Frame is to improve performance by putting people first. And when we started out, that was absolutely our anchor that kept us on track when we were thinking through how we would build the business, what were the different types of projects or work or clients that we wanted to do work with, and what was it that we actually wanted our teammates when we grew the business and recruited staff, what we wanted them to feel working with us day to day as well. So that purpose really kept us focused. If we weren't on the same page around purpose at that point, it would have been really hard to grow and focus the business. So I would really strongly encourage you to make sure that you've got, you're on the same page and that you're working through any, any disconnect there before you go forth because starting a business with a misaligned view on purpose at that early stage is um, very challenging. Yeah, definitely. Communication is always key. It really is. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Genesis of Startups today. It was so good having you talk about purpose and values, why companies should start with a clear purpose and values, and what are some common pitfalls. To our audience, I hope that you found it incredibly valuable. If you'd like to learn more about Laura or about Fifth Frame, feel free to drop us a line on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time.